Greetings, peasants. Welcome back to the Knights and Nerds podcast. This is Tim. I'm the Dungeon Master, and I want to say thank you very much for listening to this. Well, actually, I'm not the Dungeon Master on this one. Uh, This is a Faerun 4 episode where Tom is the Dungeon Master, and I am but a humble cleric. Just a couple quick things. If you're listening to this while you're driving, there is a sound of a a truck backing up, (laughs) and this is recording around the 40-minute mark. And probably thinking, why did you leave that in? And that's a valid question because I do a lot of editing after we record. I take out all the dice rolling that takes a long time. I take out all like the rules checking. I take out, I shouldn't say I take out the dice rolling. I cut down on the fact of like people like trying to find their dice or dropping their dice. Usually that's me. I cut out a lot of ums. I cut out basically if it's not if it's not relevant to the game or entertaining in some way, it's going in the bin. It does take me a long time to edit every episode, I'll, I'll be honest, but I think it's worth it so that you don't have to sit through us like fumbling around with our papers or listening to us scramble for dice as they fall on the floor. But the truck backing up was too funny to take out, so just I didn't want to alarm anyone if they're driving and they suddenly hear a beeping and start looking around and checking their blind spots and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, around the 40-minute mark. Also, I'm going to be doing a campaign planning episode before the next God's Eye episode comes out. So there may be a little bit of a an additional delay uh, before the next God's Eye. I just I do think it's important to do the campaign planning episode first before we get too far into you know the final the final act of that campaign or what may be the final act i have no idea what the players are going to do that's a running theme at this point but yeah hopefully um hopefully next week uh i can publish that so other than that i just want to say thanks very much for listening uh if you are enjoying these episodes and i do hope that you are uh you can support us in a few ways you can you can tell a friend about us Say, hey, listen to this podcast. If they say no thanks, you can say, okay, friendship over. You can give us a, a rating or a review somewhere, which is always super helpful and very nice. Uh, or we do have a Patreon. The link is in the uh, show notes. And every month on the on the Patreon, we do three uh, episodes, three bonus episodes. Well, I guess they're not bonus if you're a patron. Anyways, so we do a monthly sort of campaign chat like you know, with the various uh, players and the the two different campaigns, we sort of talk about how things are going and, you know, what our thoughts are on how things are unfolding, uh, our thoughts are on what, you know, recent things have happened. Uh, and then there's a Q&A episode where you can post questions and we give our answers slash opinions. And then there is a monthly Creating Villains episode where we come up with new bad guys based on various disparate sources of inspiration in the past we've done obviously we've done like the ones where we create villains based on you know classes in the player's handbook but we've also done like based on video games based on movies based on we did one based on songs last month i did one based on a beer that i had so yeah but anyways enough of my rambling let's rejoin the Faerun for hugo Castan, Thorn, and everyone's favorite ambulatory skeleton, Bony Danza.
Let's f*** this dragon up. Oh, well, I'm glad you're high-spirited there. Gotta get to it first. Gotta, gotta get through that, that ghoul. I'm sure it's shitting its proverbial pants knowing that a party of level four adventurers are coming for it. <laughs> and Snur Evan. And a table. No, we don't, don't even forget. know. And the Snur Evan an is. ambulatory skeleton. This is true. It's the uh, most efficient party composition. And we have a table like that we're leaving as backup. But it's in the cards, potentially. <laughs> if you all die to the dragon, then the table will take up your quest. <laughs> yeah, the new party will just be a bunch of animated furniture, like Beauty and the Beast. All the little uh, pieces Dibs of... on the uh, feather duster. Yeah, coming for revenge. I mean, that kind of sounds like a fun one-off. See, those I'll are more like the... anthropomorphized, though. I'm picturing more like... Um, like the carpet from Aladdin. Or the stool, which was a dog in... Is that what it was? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or the brooms from that old Disney... Oh, Fantasia. Fantasia. Yeah. yeah. All right, Tom, give us a recap. Oh, you want a recap? You want to know what you've already done before. Or do well, you want me, me to give a recap you. or one of us? Because you can no, tell us to do recap. that. <laughs> no, Shut I'm happy up. to. It's been a little bit. I'm really glad to be back. I'm feeling generous. So, um, yeah, after a long time in a mission somewhat vague, even though, I mean, you were given ample notes that I don't think you ever read too much, but nonetheless, that's an aside. You were sent off to retrieve um, a, a piece of work from this uh, dwarven smith called Durgadin. Apparently, he made some unique um, weapons with qualities to their construct that are not well understood, but have a lot of potential you've, I mean, killed your way through the mountain pretty efficiently. Lots of orcs have died, and you went through some spooky caves, ran away from a lizard, uh, initially killed some Dwargar when you finally reached the the foundry uh, that you had been kind of seeking out, and then managed to make nice with their leader. Um, And at this point, you have an agreement. You've agreed to leave the Dwargar to continue their work in the foundry, as they study their one example of Durgadin's smithwork. Uh, they want to be left to their devices, but in return, they're giving you the guidance of Snur Evan, one of their own, and they have sent you with information regarding uh, a horde of a dragon called uh, Nightscale, and they believe that um, in its treasure hoard would be uh, quality items from Durgadin's work. So with that kind of agreement made, you guys bunk down in the kitchens, uh, the kitchens that are home to an animated table. And so, yeah, you went to rest there. Um, so you would be waking in the room, likely Snur Evans already up making some food um, on one of the... Um, one of the few different fires in this kitchen. And the animated table shuffles around behind him um, with his food prep on it. It's very good uh, sous chef there. Now, it's it's been a while since our last session, but I'm going to go ahead and just assume that I casted Goodberry right before, <laughs> before we bunkered down. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sounds about right to me. 
So yeah, I mean, you guys talked a fair bit last time, but it seems like the idea is you've, you've agreed to leave the Dorgar alone. You seem keen on this idea of challenging a dragon. I mean, who doesn't want to? Um, but you know there is a big spooky ghost in the rooms to the north, and this is the way that the Dwargar, um, believe will lead you to the other side of the chasm where a ladder will take you down into the dragon's lair. So you've got that as an issue. You gotta get by the spooky ghost and find your way through these rooms that have been left to rot and fester for many, many years, uh, all in the, the hopes of fighting a dragon at the end. Did we ever try to convince Snurevin to just all of us jump into the river and ride it down into the depths? I mean, you've had plenty of time to talk and maybe even, like, walk over to the edge of the chasm. Didn't Let we me see, just check like, for you. death below? Like, you said it would just have, like, a really big drop. I think that's why we weren't going to grab the thing and go down the river. Snurevin's a pretty good, you know, judge of distance and um yeah he thinks it's about 120 feet deep so like so there the river you would turn go for into a, swim. A, a waterfall that would then drop 120 feet that's what you're saying yep Ooh, that sounds bad what <laughs> if we make our cloaks into parachutes it could work yes are they light enough to be parachutes it sounds like a real bad idea <laughs> Your cloaks, are these the cloaks that were made out of furs for the cold climate? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> these heavy, heavy cloaks. Yeah. But if you have enough surface tension from the wind, won't it still slow your descent? I don't think surface yeah. tension is what you mean, and also no. <laughs> I'm thinking air, air tension? Air surface. <laughs> if you could see me, it would make sense. No, it's not a balloon. It's not going to inflate. It's 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 animal hide pelt. But I'm not saying it's going to inflate. It's going to slow your descent. Okay, I'm not having this discussion anyways. It doesn't matter. We're walking through the spooky ghost. So before we set off, I think I think Hugo's going to be like, "Hey, Snurevin, there's something like weirdly familiar about you. Like your body shape. Are you like a dwarf of some kind?" Uh, well, yes, I'm well, I'm a, a Dwargar. We're being called Dark Dwarves or Deep Dwarves. Oh, yeah, I forgot You ever have, like, other... long, long hair that you braid? Oh. I don't know. I guess he's got a long beard. Why are you heavy breathing over this? Can you say bung? <laughs> Snurvin? <laughs> I, Snurvin? Would, you would like myself to say... The word bung? Yeah, just uh, just say bung. Okay, I, well, I just did bung. Hmm. <laughs> a strange request, but nonetheless. Why I've got this happening? weirdest feeling of deja vu. I'm sorry. I, sorry, I that was weird. Let's go. Like Let's go on this quest, everybody. Yeah, that was real weird. <laughs> it was a multiversal echo. Uh-huh. <laughs> what was uh, of... Uh... Katie's character? <laughs> no, wasn't it our last? Yeah, Hella Yakbreaker. Hella, yeah, of Hella. 
That's funny. <laughs> okay, so I swapped out one of my spells. I swapped out Inflict Wounds for Bless. Because um, I Hasht- feel like... Say hashtag first. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hashtag too blessed to be possessed. Let's go find this ghost. <laughs> okay, title of the episode. Hands down. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Amazing. Well, while I'm excited for this adventure and a chance to get away from the forge for a while, uh, you know, I would humbly request that you folk create the plan. So what, what, How are we hey, going to approach this thing? What's Snarevan good at other than um, saying scene. bung seductively and being a good judge of depth? <laughs> Snarevan is... Like, is you he funny or something? Well, you should see how well oh. he judges bung depth. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I... Sorry, let's see. Tom just blows right past it. He's, like, I'm not, I'm not. He's used to our shit, though. That's why. Oh, man. It's because I just have so much to look after. Sometimes I miss them in the moment. <laughs> Probably for the best. Is he strong? Is he fast? Is he sing? Well, he's magical. He, um, I remember he created, um, what was it? Oh, a minor illusion of a sexy dancing twergar. To prove to you his ability. <laughs> oh, that's probably what reminded me of Hella. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, his boss gave him some heavy side eye when he showed you that. Oh man! Look what I can do! What was her name again? The boss. Her name is Namira. Namira, right? It's a pretty cool name, to be honest. It is. Yep, she's the leader of the Dorgar, who are. Learning from in the foundry. It's her mission. Okay, does uh, uh, Snarevan, do you know anything about this ghost? You guys have been here for a while. Have you, like, encountered it much? Well, what I know is that it stays in the northern rooms. It's never left the even the frame of, of that door there to the north. Um, I've seen it before. It's, uh, you know, the spirit of some fallen dwarf. Uh, not a Dorgar, but probably one of the original inhabitants. I'm starting to think two things. Like, the this dwarf would have been killed presumably by the orcs, who we've just killed. So maybe we can use that as a bargaining chip. But also, it may have been a bad idea to loot those graves that we found, those dwarf graves. But so maybe we can blame that on Brock. <laughs> what dwarf graves? Just for my, like, some table talk here. Are are ghosts generally like evil? Are they, are they? They have unfinished business. Okay, so they're not like inherently evil. They can be any alignment. Okay, Let's ghosts can be any. Them over. Right. And are th- are they are. Are ghosts considered, like, undead? Or yes. are they just dead? They are considered undead. Okay. Yeah, they are. I'm just... Didn't we, just we already poked our head in this room and it fucking screamed at us and we noped out of there, didn't we? Yes, yeah, because I just we want got... To be, yeah. like, all of us, our constitution, yeah, got yeah, yeah. screwed over. I'm just curious of how Cass would react to this being, because un- undead to him is, like, unnatural, and 
he doesn't. At, at that like point, him. then, if you're discussing with the party about it, then anyone who wants to could make a um, like a knowledge roll or maybe an arcana roll to see if they, you know, can muster up some more info about it. Yeah, give me some of that, guys. Give me some of that sweet, sweet info. Talking to Snur Evan too, though, um, just mentioning speaking to this thing. He he'll say, uh, "I've only ever known it to to wail and scream like one of the most tormented creatures I've ever had the unfortunate chance to lay eyes on." Uh, it it's it seems in a maddened state. You could have rhymed scream and scene, and you didn't do that in a poem at all. Well, I'm no Bob. That's my cousin. <laughs> uh, I got a fifteen, Arcana. Are you gonna roll again? No, I'm. I'm. I asked the question. <laughs> I mean, you could roll. Anyone could roll, but a fifteen's pretty decent, and wait, you are. Wait. I rolled a nineteen. Okay, so you, you, I think um, you, you may have heard stories, maybe even some actually reliable stories in your in your life about ghosts. And um, as you're discussing your experiences, um, one thing that comes up is the first time you walked through the door and you and you saw it and you saw its horrifying face as it screamed at you that fear that overcame you while it was incredibly unsettling in hindsight you're able to like have a better understanding and i think the rest of you passed your saving throws so you you kind of aware that ghosts can have you know, a strong initial effect, quite a shock to the system when someone sees them for the first time. But going in prepared and, and knowing that you've faced uh, its horrifying visage before, you're fairly certain that it wouldn't affect you the same way. Oh, that's cool. So mechanically, it's that um, if you're if you pass the save or if you're inflicted but then remove the infliction of fear, um, then you can't be affected by the horrifying visage again for a, a certain amount of time. From the knowledge arcana check, I'll say that, um, you know, ghosts are tricky because of their incorporeal form and that um, using physical means to try and kill one uh, never goes well in any stories you've ever read. Um, they're a kind of creature that often need to be dealt with in by magical means. And would would ghosts like appear naturally, like without with without some sort of reinc or, or some sort of uh, like mad spell that would bring them back or something? Like I'm just thinking, you know, for Cass living in his his like Furbolg tribe out out in the forest. Like, would they come across? Could they potentially come across ghosts just out in the forest? Roll a nature check. That's a five. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, you try to, like, relate what you know about maybe, like, forest spirits with uh, kind of spirits of the undead. And, uh, you know, you're not too sure what happens or what exactly leads up to such a thing. You know, this one's not not a nice ghost, though. I'm, I'm, yeah, okay. I think Cass is going to approach this thing more with probably compassion than rather than uh, extreme disgust. <laughs> okay. Well, Viol- violent compassion, though, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Extreme compassion. <laughs> Extreme. I'm going to go be compassionate with my quarter staff. Let's go. Let's do this. So, yes, you know where the door is. It's a uh, it's a door on the north wall of the main chamber. You know, as soon as you walked in before, there was, there was this spooky ghost. Um, you do remember that the room you walked into, it was a fairly large chamber with a dark pool in the center. Um, it was all smashed up with furniture and debris scattered about the floor. And there were hallways that led... Um, to the east and to the west. Um, and from the knowledge from the Dwargar is that you want to be heading to the east. Okay, so as we near this, as soon as I start to hear even the faintest hint of, like, moaning or groaning or chains dragging or whispering or nails on chalkboard, or pizzicato violin strings, (laughs) is when I'm going to cast Bless on... uh, Hang on. How many can I get? Oh, three creatures of my choice. Okay, so the the main three. So, sorry, Snarevin, I can only cast so many... Cast it on so many people. So, yeah, you, you bless. So, like, do you have to... Is there a verbal component? You, like, say, like, a little chant... I say a little prayer for you. <laughs> a blessing, a blessing, a blessing on you and just the three main guys. <laughs> yeah, so verbal, <laughs> somatic, and material. So a sprinkle of holy water, a little, you know, uh, flick of the wrist, and uh, abracadabra. A little hashtag bless. Very good. So, yeah, you, uh, I, I assume you kind of draw weapons, you prepare. By the way, you can hear the like already the wailing through the doorway this thing just screams and moans and yells wildly almost constantly okay can i uh, can i prepare an action yes you're going into this you know you can prepare or like ready actions before you open the door into this area okay and uh, is is a ghost considered a creature you know what or would cast know that uh, you check. talked about how it's an undead, and, and so, you, so I, I think if you're if a spell says you target a creature, you can target a yeah. ghost. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That's okay. What the I'm spells okay. spells will specifically say like if there's exclusions like this like charms right, 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 right. charm effects won't work on undead, for example. Like so, it'll oh, say okay. specifically like in the spell beast, like yeah. humanoid, undead, fey. Yeah. Like those would be specifics. But if it's just creature, it's yeah. yeah. Okay. Broad so, term. So I'm going to um, I'm going to prepare uh, fairy fire. Just yep. with the trigger being that as soon as I see this thing, I'm going to cast fairy fire on it. Love it. I don't know why, but I'm literally picturing you guys like kind of like the, the well. No, I guess I do know why. Picturing you guys like the Ghostbusters in the yeah. library. Just all your little yeah. weapons and spells prepared, and you know you're going to like open the the door and, and slimers on the other side. <laughs> All right. Um, you have your actions prepared. You hear the moaning and yelling. The, who opens the door? I do. Because I want to prove that I'm not scared anymore. Heck yeah. It wasn't you me and Bony. Scared, right? Yeah. I thought so. You with Bony by your side, your trusted skeleton buddy. 
Yeah, he, he made throws his scarf back <laughs> over are, his yeah, shoulder. How are you to afraid prepare. of a ghost when you have a skeleton sidekick? I don't know. He wants uh, she's not scared anymore. She's just I caught like the idea that Thorn's like, I'll do it, and then just pushes Bony yeah. through the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I push Bony in front of me. <laughs> yeah, I'm super brave. Bony, go! Making me look bad in front of the guys. All right. The door swings open. You see this pool in the, the wrecked room in front of you. And the ghost. It screams now louder. Uh, it slowly fades into a recognizable form. Uh, Hashtag bless! Yeah, the, the dwarf <laughs> lashing out curses into the air. Uh, the sound rises to angry shouting as it grow- It comes closer to you. And roll initiative. First I cast fairy fire, though. Yes, the, the bless goes off. The fairy fire goes off it's, as it's surrounded in little dancing lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it has to make a deck saving throw. Oh, nice. Da, 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 da. Okay, that's an 18. Okay, it passes. Ah, uh, okay. I got an 8. 17. I got 12. Well, some decent rolls there, but unfortunately the ghost rolled just a little bit better, and it's going to be taking its turn first. So, it is going to approach, flying towards you as you're um, huddled at the doorway. And, yeah, despite its screams and protests, you're not sent reeling in fear. Uh, But it lashes out at whoever's in front, which will be Thorn. So it reaches out to touch you for 11? 11 to hit? No. Okay. So you gracefully dodge out of the way as it uh, tries to touch you in your no-no square. Which is your whole body. (laughs) Not any part. Sorry. Should have touched faster, (laughs) ghost. But that will be its turn. Um... So it's right up in your faces. Uh, Luckily, uh, Thorn and Bony, you guys are up next. And I can only hurt it with magic. From the stories you've heard. Your sword is magic? (gasps) It is! It does say magic next to it. (laughs) It's not just pointy. I must smash it with my magic sword. And say, sorry about your death, here comes another one. (laughs) It'll be really great when this doesn't hit. (laughs) Eleven to hit? (laughs) That's just enough. (laughs) And I get my thing. Oh my gosh, it's been so long since I've rolled dice. What would yeah, happen? you walked in first, and it came for you, so you're one-on-one with this thing. Mm-hmm. Now, out of curiosity, had you rolled a crit there, you can't break a ghost's bones. Right? Isn't that what that mm-hmm. sh- that sword does? Breaks bones yeah. like a crit? But you don't know. It's never happened yet. <laughs> you don't know until you try. 
You can't break a ghost bone, but she might cut off a phantom limb, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but um. And 1d8. Who let the bard in the party? 16. Wow. Nice hit. Yeah, your sword stabs out, and you can tell it has an effect on its spiritual form. So here's my next question. Bony is magic himself. Not his weapon, though, right? This is correct. So could he punch the ghost? Headbutt. He can do whatever you command him to do. All right. He's going re- to punch the ghost. Because he's magic. You're trying to punch? Yes. Ghost punch. Probably just I strength, don't right? see just ghost punch on his sheets. <laughs> 5e ghost punch. <laughs> Shadow punch. One plus strength modifier. Okay. So. Okay, so just roll a d20. Yep, and I got this. And he has plus two on strength. Yep. 17, yeah, so 18 to hit. Okay, so that does hit. And then it does one plus the plus two from its strength modifier. So three damage. Sure. Okay, so it punches and it does like hit the form. Um, you feel like it did connect, um, but it was a punch and it <laughs> didn't do much. Okay. A little bony punch. Yeah, he tried. But it does, it didn't just, like, pass through. Yeah. It, you know, the physical attack contacted. Um, Bony's hand has a little, seemed... bit of, a little bit of ectoplasm when it comes back. Yeah. Okay. So that was Bony's turn. Next up is going to be Cass. Followed by Evan. Gonna cast Shillelagh. Which makes my quarterstaff magical. Yep. And I'm also gonna take out my shield. Oh, I also feel silly. Y- you have fairy fire casted on this thing. Yeah, but it, it passed the dex save through it, so it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. No, nothing happens, yeah. Yeah. It's only if it fails. Um, okay, so starting with your shillelagh. So then I'm just gonna swing my quarterstaff. Ten to hit. It doesn't make it. You get bless your D4. Extra D4. <gasps> Extra D4? Oh, I didn't, I didn't know what bless was. Sweet. I didn't do that. Eleven to hit. <laughs> it, that's all you needed. Eleven hits? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Uh, oh, nice. Ten bludgeoning damage. Ooh. Yes. Its form shifts, its face skews in definition. It seems like it struggles to continue to hold its form together. Uh, Evan is up next, and he will help out by casting Firebolt. He forms a moat of fire in his hands and hucks it at the ghost. 
He does not hit, though. He rolled really poor, and I don't think he gets too much bonus to hit. So it unfortunately misses. He says, oh, sorry, guys. I'll get him next time. Uh, <laughs> next up is Hugo. Okay, so I think I'm going to look through my inventory. I can't remember if I took anything off of um, Ulf. But if I did, I would, like, throw it in this little reflecting pool in here. And be like, we've killed the, ch the leader of the orcs, your old nemeses. Is it an action to light up my lantern of revealing? It's just lighting a lantern. I guess it would normally probably be an action. Because hmm. you'd have to, like, pull it out and turn it on. Yeah. Even though this is, like, a quality lantern and it's not hard to turn on. Because, you do like, you don't have it accessible. So I would say you could, like, pull it from your pack or wherever you had it stored and, like, turn it on with one action. Because, like, what do you keep in your hands? And also, do any of you use, like, a light source as you travel? I usually have light on my shield. But, yeah, I'm not going to put down my shield and take out a lantern. So I'll just do Guiding Bolt. I'll prepare that action, or ready that action, to do Guiding Bolt. Because I want to see if, like... The offering, the gesture of, like, you know, we've rid your ancestral home of, of your orc foes does anything to satisfy this ghost's anger. But if he, if he looks like he's going to attack again on his turn, then I'll just, uh, I'll just have Guiding Bolt ready to launch at him. So that's, that's what I'll do. Okay. Do any of you guys speak Dwarvish or understand Dwarvish? That's a no, right? Okay. Snur Evan. So you, you say those things to the Dwarven spirit, and um, Snur Evan does speak Dwarvish. So in the heat of battle, he can just say to you, um, because like if you talk to it and you, you mention the orcs, it's it screams in, in Dwarvish, um, you know, kind of random, rapid thoughts come out from it. But uh, Snur Evan's saying, oh, the thing is mad, sir. It's it just screams in fear and anger at its... Uh, it seems to be at its cowardice, at its shame. I don't think there's any reasoning with this poor, poor spirit. Well, we need to put him out of his misery. All right. Yeah, if Snurevan says that, then I'll just let the let the guiding bolt go. I'll, I'll launch it. Launch away. <clears throat> Nat 20. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, that that hits. <laughs> so what kind of damage does a guiding bolt do? If we're, Are we doing our usual approach, max dice, and then a, a roll? Yep. All right, so 37 points of radiant damage. <laughs> oh, well, then, I'm glad it got a turn before it missed its attack. <laughs> yes, a radiant bolt of light with the power of the gods themselves, flies <laughs> from Hugo, um, hitting this ghost, and the radiant light just fills its presence and completely dissipates this spirit. These rooms, these wrecked rooms, uh, fall silent. The tortured wails of the ghost. Hashtag blast. That have 
you know, been <laughs> calling out for who knows how long have finally stopped. <sighs> I like this sound much better. You stand in the room. You're able to take a moment. Let's get um, going. Yeah. Cass just looks over at Hugo and says, nice shot. I'm like looking down at my hand, like to where the ghost was back in my hand. Like, yeah, yeah, all right. Okay, you know, full stomach. <laughs> Good, full stomach, nicely rested. Nice long rest. Um, I might take like a few moments to say, I mean, yeah, I think I'd like try to say like maybe a prayer, hoping that uh, maybe the the spirit is now at peace. Even though my um, even though my deity doesn't, I don't think really uh, has strong opinions about the undead, but um, it certainly seemed unhappy, which made me sad. <laughs> I was like, hey guys, if I die down here and become a ghost, I just want you to know, never do that to me. <laughs> what I just did to that ghost, don't do that to me. It looked like not fun. It looked like it hurt. Yeah. Instead, bring a, a handsome guy to let me possess him and have yeah. a fresh body. Find, find. You, you Brock. do that for a friend. Turn to an evil ghost, right? Lure, lure members of the benevolent hand down here one at a time, so I can scare the <laughs> scare the shit out of them. Done, Never gets old. Done and done. All right, all right. Let's let's carry on. Well, congratulations. Oh, it'll be n- much nicer down here for my friends without that. Banshee's Whale. Incredible, we've been down here for so long and never been able to explore any of these rooms, but nonetheless, we have a job to do. Uh, it should be this way, down the eastern hall. Ooh, I think I will take out the Lantern of Revealing now, so if there's any other invisible spookies within 30 feet of the Lantern, they become visible. Nice. Does the Lantern also provide actual light? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bright light okay, within cool. thirty feet, and then another, oh, and sweet. dim light for another thirty feet beyond that. Okay, just I, I do not have night vision, so I just want to make sure I can see. Yeah, and I think it's like basically a, a normal lamp, and then you can like twist the shutters, and it like focuses the beam. Ooh. And then you can make these um, shadows with your hands. <laughs> wow! It's like a minor illusion. You guys ever heard of this guy named Abraham Lincoln? Cass is like, how did you do that? Is this is this prestidigitation? I've heard of it. <laughs> this is dark magic. Um. So yeah, you you pull out your lantern and you start walking down this hallway. There's multiple doors um, along the wall as you uh, travel down, and you can see that after what would likely be like three or four rooms on either side. Uh, you get to uh, another opening with another pool of water in the center. Are we are we interested in exploring any of these side rooms, or are we just going straight down to the downstairs? We're on a mission. All right. The hallway leads to a large open chamber. Three doors open into it, and a dark pool fills a low stone basin in its center. The chamber is littered with the remains of old warriors. Seven dwarf corpses lie where they fell a hundred years ago, surrounded by the remains of at least a dozen orc warriors. The dead have been stripped of their arms and armor. Only a handful of broken weapons and shattered shields remain. They don't have any arms? 
Is <laughs> <laughs> that intelligence check coming in? <laughs> oh my god. It took me a second to realize what you were meant. Oh man. They were stripped of their arms. <laughs> No wonder the guy was so upset. I think as we go, as we traverse this room, I'm just going to take out one of my vials of holy water and like sprinkle it a bit on each skeleton. Uh, Evan mutters a few words under his breath as well, seeing uh, the dead dwarves and and all these orcs that they must have slain uh, as they fell. He's impressed and kind of in a solemn mood. But he's like, we must we must be very careful. Uh, there could be. Could be anything here. Be on guard. It was three dwarves and twelve orcs, or a bunch. Three dwarves and a bunch of orcs. Seven dwarf corpses. Oh, seven. Surrounded by of at least a dozen orc warriors. I'm just gonna. I was gonna say as Thorn looks over at Hugo, who's just sprinkling water on dead bodies. Yep, that's gonna do a lot. That's all I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Get them wet. Yep. Maybe they'll come back to life. Sure, mock the divine power that uh, that dispatched that ghost just a few minutes ago. Hmm. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 sprinkle some on Bony too, just to annoy Thorn. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> the power of Christ compels you. <laughs> Bony's gonna blow some bubbles at you from his. Uh... I had to check to make sure that didn't do anything bad. (laughs) (laughs) It turns Boney into a merciless killing machine, unable to tell friend from foe. No! So you come to this room. You've traveled east of Fairway. Evan says, it should be to the south from here if I have my directions right. Um, And as you guys can see, there are two doors, two closed doors on the east wall and one closed door on the south wall. I'd like you all to make a perception check as well as you look around. I got a 16. Dirty 20. Candace rolled a big old one. <laughs> what is, what's your modifier? Uh, plus three. Big old four. You guys, as you're looking for potential passages out of here, you notice that Right beside the southern door, there's like a slight kind of design to the wall. And now that you look right at it, you're almost certain that it's likely a a, a stone door built flush into the wall. Like there's a little bit of edging where you can tell kind of that there's a frame there. And likely that's a secret door. Hey, we should check out that secret door. It says the one who rolled a four. (laughs) I don't think you noticed it. I'm sure you guys pointed it out. Oh, there's a secret door there? Cool, let's go. Can I roll to detect ceiling scythes? I guess that would be like a perception or maybe even an investigation check. Yeah, I'll, I'll point out the door or the, the 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 door shape in the stone wall so that our resident rogue can investigate as well. Another dirty 20 on perception. Yeah, there's no holes or uh, seams or anything that would conceal any uh, traps. And, and also likely the, the door should just open with a, a push. Push it. 
P push it real good. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, you um, press your weight against it, and a slab of stone swings open fairly smoothly. And behind it is just a long hallway uh, and darkness at the end. I'll look well, this to looks promising. Snarevan and be like, is this the way that we're supposed to go? Well, yes, this hallway leads south. Likely this is the way. This is the way. But there are other doors here too? Nearby? Yes, there were two doors on the east wall and one like wooden wooden door that's right beside this secret door that you just opened. Is there a truck backing up in someone's room? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know what's going on out there. First, I kept hearing like, moans like a human was pretending to be a wolf. And now apparently there's a truck like the sun's down. Yeah, I think it's driving away. Oh, it's, it's backing up again. <laughs> Please keep all of this in. Just, just keep all of this in. Oh, man. Wow. Just wow. <laughs> oh, it's... So my neighbor across the street has a friend who lives in a bus, and they have <laughs> just pulled up. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Please keep all this in and explain. <laughs> Yeah, there's like a nice family that lives right across the street from me, and they have some buddy that will show up from time to time who lives in a bus. Okay, so <laughs> Cousin Eddie is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, he, he's like, every time I see him, he's showing up for a party. That there's an RV, Clark. But yeah, it's a it's an old bus that's all gutted with his living stuff in it. Not the nicest version of a live-in vehicle I've seen, say, but I've it seen gets the job done. Ones. I've seen trendy It's just ones. like painted black with like house paint. Like it's, you know, <laughs> wow. it's the job done. He lives in it. Yep. He's a yeah. nice guy. All right. Cool. cool. You think he's done backing up? Is yeah. his name Gus? Okay. I, I actually totally forget his name. <laughs> Gus is I think bust. it might. I know the guy's name is Cody, but I forget his friend's name. Oh, All right. Well. Yeah, are there other doors? Should we be going in the other doors? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, there are Slevin. the... I can't say. There could, you know, these would likely be... You know, this was all the, the, the living like quarters of the original dwarven inhabitants. We have no clue it could be in any of these rooms. The loot collecting part of me... Hmm. I think, yeah, was... if there's gear, if there's gear to equip us for our impending dragon fight, I think that it behooves us to at least spend a minute or two looking around. Choose which door. Would you pick door number one to the northeast, door number two on the eastern wall, or door number three, the southern door? So this is where we pick one, and then you open another one to show us what's behind it, and then give us the option to change our choice. The Monty Hall problem. Yeah, you always change your choice. Three. I'm here in three. Who steps up to open that door? I open the Pony. other ones. <laughs> Pony. He just, his bones rattle. <laughs> no, he doesn't want to go. <laughs> rattle, rattle, rattle. I follow Boney and we open door number three. 
this room was once a library or a study. Bookshelves stand against the walls. Piles of books rest on a reading table in the middle of the room. The air reeks of moldy paper. Doors exit to the north, east, and south from here. And what stands out more than those details of the room is the fact that a beautiful, slender woman with long black hair sits in a chair at the table, looking extremely sad. Her clothing, though well-worn, does little to detract from her appearance. Sup, girl? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hello! Another living creature! This this can't be. Argus, are you truly here? You're from the outside. Uh, Is Sir Sir Elvin, Evan, Bevan? Tevin? There? Evan? Snevin? Yeah, is Snevin there? Snur Evan? Yeah. Snur Evan's in the back, yeah. I don't trust this. I do not trust a well-looking anything down here. <laughs> I Please, I, I, I see the looks of worry on you. I, I've survived it down here as a captive. There is a wizard who resides below this level. Yeah, he's kept me here against my will. For, oh God, I can't even know how long. Wait, hang okay. on. The door wasn't locked, was it? No. Oh, no, I'm not locked, but a ghost lives out in the halls, and my only means of life has been at the hands of this wizard. Oh, we killed the ghost. Oh, this is fair news. Then please save me from this area. Please let me me out of here. Yeah, just go ahead. See ya. Can I I roll a... Insight. (laughs) Insight check. Okay. Nah. I'll roll insight. I also kind of want to find out about the wizard. <laughs> I rolled a one. Just a nah. Yeah. I kind of. I, I want to find out about the wizard more than anything. I rolled a twenty-five on insight. I'm rolling high tonight. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you are. Dang. Okay, so you rolled your, your twenty-five on insight. What is it you're trying to uh, tell? Uh, if she's lying, or if she's, I want to see. Like, I guess insight wouldn't be trying to determine if she's an illusion that would be more perception but yeah if I believe what she's saying about this wizard and being a captive in that um well you get like mixed feelings like for good reason a weird situation like you feel like you know she's she seems very like up front uh, when she you know, she, she speaks to you, and as she continues to talk, like, you can get a read on her. She introduces herself as Idala, and says, Yes, uh, a wizard lives below this area, and he wants to use me as a study on prolonged life. As she says that, it's, like, mixed. You do believe her, you know, that she's trapped, but the reasoning of maybe what she's being used for you you feel like there's some falsehoods to it she's very willing to like talk and she's very concerned about um getting away safely so what can you tell us about the, the wizard well from the time i've been here he's sometimes talked about the history of kundrakar and the fate of durgadin so she would share information about this the kind of forge the forge that's on this level 
their knowledge of the great weapons that he made and his skill and achievements, um, even some of the knowledge you know of the history of the battles that took place here and the great loss. She has some information on that ghost and tells you that it was the right hand of Durgadin, his the wizard that guided and advised him, and that during the battle, the wizard fled, and when he came back, he came back to all of his comrades dead and his home completely raided, and the guilt and shame uh, drove him to utter madness. Hmm. There's many books in the room, and she's spent her time here reading through most of them trying to pass the sunless days as the blur of time just passes by what year was it when you came down here um she has no clue what year it is now and so can't give a clear concept of the passage of time she cannot tell me what it was when she was awake on the upper side like, if I was trapped down there now, I would know that. But I'd know that I left in 2023. Who was president when you were still up there? Was it Obama? <laughs> <laughs> this line of questioning is very difficult. And she is <laughs> doesn't have good answers for you that I didn't have something prepared for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She, she cries. <laughs> Did I just say that? <laughs> He goes, please, I, I understand you have many questions. Um, I mean, I also as well, like, what are you even doing here? Wait a second. The wizard, she said that the wizard is trying to study prolonged life. But might not be actually studying prolonged life, but yeah. Why Why use her as a study for that? Why use you, I ask her. Why use you as a study for that? I don't know his reasons. I was much younger when I first was captured and taken here, and I've lived out my life. Sometimes he draws blood, and sometimes he takes samples. Uh, sometimes he just rambles on about his studies while, I, while I'm in the room. But yes, he is down below right now, and if you could help me find a way out, I would be ever more grateful. Though I must warn you, if you go to him, it's not just him down below. An ancient dragon has its lair down there. Yeah, we kind of heard about that. Can you give us any tips on maybe decapitating it quickly? No, I would know nothing about decapitation. <laughs> <laughs> please, this is all too much. He could come back at any moment. Please, would one of you please escort me out of here? Uh, before I escort you anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> before we escort you, let me, let's ask, ask you a few more questions. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, like, where accent's from, or, you know. <laughs> accent of the deep. What is, in all the books you've read, have you uh, learned anything about, uh, is it Durgadin that I'm trying to learn about? Yeah. Durgadin's process? <laughs> I know that he was a master smith. He made, he made beautiful works of war. And often I would hear talk about the unique qualities of the metal he forged, but none understood. No, he was a unique and skilled artisan. I know that much. But you don't know how he did it. No, she's... Okay, just check it. Yeah. Are there actually books in this room? Yeah. There are. Many books. Oh, oh, okay. That's how she passed the sunlit 
sunless days. Yeah. For the 12 to several hundred days she's been down here. <laughs> yeah. What's the wizard's name? The wizard's name. Let me check my memory. <laughs> <laughs> Hold, please. It's not my fault. I need to check stuff. She just stares into the corner of the room for a minute. <laughs> She's looking around at various things in the room. Like, his name is uh, Jones. Yes. Enema his Bag Jones. <laughs> leather. Jones. Leather, leather Chesterfield. <laughs> leather Chesterfield the third. His name is his ch- Cherry Old Lamp. <laughs> his name is Green Book Purple Book. Old lamp. His name was Jake. Jake Simcoe. <laughs> is, that a, is that a wrestler? <laughs> the name is Jake Simcoe? That is a human man in 2018. <laughs> so we're just fighting some a white young dude? Young adult novel's love interest. <laughs> that is who the woman falls in love with in every young adult novel. Yeah. Uh, that guy wears bootcut jeans and a backwards baseball cap. His, his name is a uh, doorstop chamber pot. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, okay, so Jake the Wizard. <laughs> Jake's Mr. Simcoe. Mr. Simcoe lured you down here with his charm and good looks and... Country music and it's Hey baby, yeah. don't you want to come check out a dungeon with old Jake Simcoe? <laughs> okay, okay. Oh. Um, so how does the wizard uh, navigate? Sorry, how does Jake, the wizard, <laughs> Jake the Snake Simcoe? <laughs> I knew it was gonna go again. How does he navigate there being a dragon down there? I'm crying. She is also crying. I know it's so terrifying. Jake the demon, demonicish. He's not actually a demon, but he's, he's very a scary wizard. Uh, he probably escorted you down here. I don't know what he does with the dragon. I don't know how. He's obviously studying evil magics. Okay, when he when she referred to the dragon as an ancient dragon, was that like an accurate qualifier of its age? Because if it is, I think yeah. we should. We may have overestimated our capabilities here. Weren't we told um, that it was a Jew? No, from your high insight, you can tell that that was um, hyperbole. Accurate. All right. <sighs> She'll come over to you, um, Hugo, <laughs> and up. say, "Please, you you look a man of faith, a kind, a kind man. Please, please show me out of here. Please help me out." Just uh, follow the trail of uh, damp skeletons, and you'll you'll find the damp. <laughs> Check to see if they're damp. <laughs> Please, I can't go alone. I I have no skill of any kind. I just have the bare clothes on me. Yeah, bare clothes. Um, hang on. How did the wizard get past the big? Uh, how did the wizard get past the big reptile? Oh, what, the giant subterranean lizard? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you have to give the dungeon, Tim. <laughs> now, now, now she's upset that you're asking questions. <laughs> okay, listen, listen, up, lady. Well, I don't know about that. There's a, there's a group of Dwergar working in a forge just a, a few minutes back that way. 
They're a little bit well, shorthanded for reasons I'd rather not go into at this time. But they could use a, like an extra worker, an extra set of hands. What do you say? It sounds anything sounds better than this. Please, I'll, I'll happily go with you. Ah, uh, I'm suspicious still of this. I don't know. Do we? I guess do we want to backtrack as a group? Just make sure she's not some kind of shape shifting hag. Just okay, but you said you felt the reason why he was keeping her felt insincere. Why don't you just confront her with that? Oh, good point. Okay. Um, okay, and uh, just to interject here, um, man, Candace, can you pause your or mute your your mics, and then I'll, I guess we can or take your you. wait, take your headsets off. Oh, you don't want us yeah. to hear. Oh no, yeah. no hearing for you guys. Okay, All right, we'll take headphones off and then just message in the group when you yeah. come back. All right, I'll give okay. a thumbs up when when it's good. Okay. Okay, it's just us, Tim. Yeah, it's just you and me. Uh, can you make a wisdom saving throw? Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. Oh, I rolled a uh, nineteen plus oh. six is twenty five. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, we can invite these clowns back in then. These diehard dice are doing it. Do I know if something happened? Yeah, and I'll continue it with them. Oh, shit. Okay. You guys back? Hello? Okay, so yes, so- that was a brief step away. Um, but as you continue the conversation, and this woman had walked up to Hugo, uh, Hugo, all of a sudden, you get a sense that she just tried to cast magic on you and you resisted it she continues to beg and plead and cry Um, you know it's not a sense of threat but you did you know had an arcane feeling when I get that feeling got an arcane feeling (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that's where it went (laughs) call her on it yeah, I'm going to use thaumaturgy to make my voice boom three times its normal volume, and I'm going to say, just shout, quiet! Um, she d- drops to her knees and... Whoa, 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 whoa. Buy a guy a drink first. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Cass also immediately just shuts up <laughs> and is very scared now. Okay, so she, she can see your faces, and so she'll turn to Thorn. And say, please, please do not let them harm me. And she, um... Don't look into her eyes! Kind of reaches out a begging hand to you, Thorn. I'm gonna back and up. I'm just gonna say, she's she's trying yeah, to influence up. us with magic make a wisdom and saving wiles. Throw. I, need, I need to make a saving throw? Yep, a wisdom saving throw. Uh... 15. Frick! <laughs> okay, you save. And you can tell that she just tried to cast magic on you. <laughs> Is something supposed to happen and you're mad because we keep winning? <laughs> <laughs> well, you've successfully saved against whatever whatever my magic spell is. <laughs> so I'm just going to go, what the heck? She just tried to cast a magic spell on me really loud. So everyone knows. What the heck, you guys? <laughs> what the heck? Shut up. Can I punch her in the face? Like I feel like Thor would punch her in the face after trying to, after she tried to catch magic on me. 
Yeah, you should play your character. Yeah. I just, like, if someone tried to cast... You strike her? Yeah, I'm going to punch her in the face. Okay. Roll, uh... Roll your hit. Nine. Oh. She's not wearing anything but a robe. Yeah, you swing at her, um, but she surprisingly, like, definitely moves her, her face out of the way of your fist. I still feel better that I tried to hit her. The tears stop. She says, you fucking bitch. <laughs> Language. <laughs> yeah, she gets real, like, acidic in the tone of her voice and everything changes. And she stands up from the ground. Snarevan, do you hear what she just called you? <laughs> yeah, he's cowering. He's not. Oh, and you called him out? She goes, yes. Snarevan, why don't you come? And she, uh... Okay, as soon as she starts talking, I'm going to fill her mouth full of magic missile. <laughs> okay, we're going to roll initiative, but she's going to get one more go no. against, against Snurrevan. No. Snurrevan's going to make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, that was a cock dice. Oh, fucking hell, you rolled a 15. <laughs> he really wants really wants this on his... <laughs> Eight. Oh, now I roll a nat 20. Nice. Okay. Well, I mean, yes, in the first in the initiative order is Cass. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cast Shillelagh and then try and hit her with my quarterstaff. Okay. That is 21 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Nine bludgeoning damage. Yeah, and it's magical bludgeoning damage, eh? Oh, yeah. And I'm going to put up my shield and kind of take a step back from her. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you strike her. It hits true. Um, but despite her frail look, she, like, she took the hit, man. And she smiles back at you. Uh, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Thorn's excited, actually, now. Oh, this is going to be an actual challenge. Uh, yes, she smiles back, and so yes, before your eyes, her skin starts to gain color, um, her hair becomes more lustrous with a tint of red, and to a greater effect, suddenly her form shifts, and... She now has a large pair of leathery bat-like wings, <gasps> a long pointed tail, clawed, f- clawed fingertips, and two small horns coming out of her forehead, where a still an absolutely gorgeous face, an, an arcanely, an arcanely unnatural beauty sta- now stands before you. And... She will strike out at, uh, back at you, Castan. Really did not think that's where you are going when you said she had two large pair of, and then you... <laughs> She's got huge tracks Huge leathery wings. Like, you were just like, she gets real hot. She's real hot. This is the type of lady that Jake Simcoe would go for. What's even worse is she got a 22 to hit. Oh, oh yeah, that's... Cast. So it's hit. not good. 
He takes six slashing damage. Ow, ow, uh... <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like Cass. <laughs> next up... Rude. Oh, next up is Evan. Evan seeing this disgusting, tall, slender beauty. He's totally not into that at all. We'll attempt to cast Firebolt. <laughs> disgusting beauty. <laughs> I rolled a two. Rolled a two. I think maybe he'll try a different spell next time, because that did not go well. Uh, so after Evan, we've got Thorn and Bow. Oh no, Hugo. Hugo, you're up next. Um, I'm going to cast Protection from Evil and Good on Thorn, and... This will protect Thorn in the following way. Until the spell ends, uh, one willing creature you touch is protected against certain types of creatures, aberrations, celestials, elementals, fey, fiends, and undead. Uh, The protection grants several benefits. Creatures of those types have disadvantage on attack rolls against the target. The target also can't be charmed, frightened, or possessed by them. Cool. So this devilish lady is going to have disadvantage on any attack rolls against Thorn. And is Thorn. Any it way to do like a quick back mental check of what this lady is? Like obviously. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um would that be um, something you could It doesn't do? count it doesn't count as an action. That's yeah. just like a, a free action. That's what I thought. Yeah, maybe something like a history check or maybe even arcana Possibly nature check. I suppose that would potentially apply. Whatever you feel you, like you can justify here. Well, Arcana and History both zero on my thing, so I rolled a twelve. Either of those is fine. <laughs> it's some kind of fiend. What have you done with Jake Simcoe? <laughs> now we're worried about Jake. <laughs> And uh, Thorn, it's it's your turn. You, you and Bony. Yeah, I'm gonna stab her. <laughs> yeah. If no other creatures within five feet, or if another en- if another enemy of the target is within five feet, I get sneak attack damage. Yeah. That's what it says in here. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Just double checking. It's been a while. Yeah, it's neat because of your like specialty. Normally, you only get you know that easy advantage by attacking with someone else for flanking. But if you're not, you <laughs> you also get it because. <laughs> You're you. Rake a shot accent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm going to 12. 18 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Is that rakish audacity to escort this yeah. <laughs> fiend to the other side? <laughs> I was hoping no one heard that. <laughs> 14. 14 damage. Okay, and bony. You like to take an action? Oh, oh, oh Bony rolled a nat 20. Ooh! Oh, wow! Okay, that roll that damage. So, yeah, Bony has the dueling fighting style, too, so... Mm-hmm. And then he has a... He crits on a 19 and 20. <laughs> yeah. So it's... It, he uses his longsword one-handed, so it's a 1d8 plus 4. So it'll be... I guess, you know, the 12 damage, and then roll a d8 and add that. So 12, 13, 14, 15, plus another 4, though, right? No, that's including the 4. Okay. So 15 damage. Yeah. Goes back up to the start of the initiative. Cass. Uh, Can I 
do I have to do like a check to see like I'm just curious how she's looking like is she looking hurt here yeah looking she has multiple open wounds mm. alright I'm just gonna swing my quarterstaff again then okay 16 to hit 16 does hit oh yeah uh, 10 bludgeoning damage alright she goes next that was a rough set of turns. Kind of sense some desperation. That is how she... I meet most of my women. <laughs> she pulls her wings in close to her body, and her form shifts as she becomes less physical and passes into the ethereal plane. You can still see a kind of ghostly image of her and then she will she kind of backs away from you guys um, to, to the other side of the room you see her ghostly figure kind of retreat away when she's retreating is she like disengaging or do we get a does anyone get an she, attack of opportunity she is but she's not in your physical realm anymore which you know, I haven't used this. It's called etherealness. Yeah, I'm not as... I'm, I'm just looking it up to make sure. Yeah, so she fades away and you lose track of her form. Oh, shoot. Well, that was fun, guys. You're saying that like she's gone. We just lose track of her form. That's, she's not necessarily gone. I say we just leave. Let's go to the dragon wizard. I don't think there's a wizard. I think Jake's keeping her down here to study her devilishness. You believe it all. Good. Uh, well, nonetheless, the next up is uh, Evan, who will just ask you guys, like, oh, geez, guys, I'm, I'm, what happened to her? I think she's still around. We better watch out. And he'll just hold his turn. She ghosted uh, us. Yeah. Hugo, <laughs> is there anything you'd like to do? No, I don't have anything that can do, you know, interplanar shenanigans, so I think we should uh, just keep our guard up and maybe get out of here. I think if if Jake Simcoe is still alive, he's probably maybe under her influence. Okay. Uh, Thorn and Bony? She's his prisoner, yeah. No, no, he's her prisoner. Okay, so no one's really taking action. Are you going to stay in the room? It would be Thorn and Boney's turn at this point. I'm just going to leave. Yeah, let's go down that hallway. Okay, so you're just leaving this this study? Yeah. (laughs) You're like, yeah, let's just uh, not open the other two doors. (laughs) Okay, so you start making your way down the hallway to the south? Yeah. Yep. We're supposed to be going south. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, from behind you hear Evan go, uh, as he makes a noise, and as you turn around, the succubus stands with her hands on his shoulders, and it looks like he has a bit of a glazed look to his eyes. God, you've never referred to her as a succubus yet, so thank you. Oh, whoops! (laughs) But there you go! Uh, we're gonna keep initiative order, um... She just went, and so next up would be Evan, and as she 
seductively rests her hands on his shoulders. Snur Evan will... He's going to cast Hold Person on Hugo. I do have a question. You are saying Snur Evan, right? Snur Evan. Yes. S-N-U-R-R-E-V-I-N. Snur Evan. That's not how I spelled it. <laughs> I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but that's how S-N-U-R-R-E-V-I-N. I've been pronouncing it. S-N-U-R-R-E-V-I-N. Snur Evan. I wasn't sure because sometimes you just call him Evan and I was like, is Snur like the, the dwarven version of like knighting someone? <laughs> no. It's just like a like, nickname. Is Sir Evan? No. Is it? <laughs> I love it. Okay, sorry. All right. Yeah, no problem. Hold person. Oh. Good luck, Hugo. Fuck. God damn it. Oh, uh, wisdom saving throw. No, I realized... Something happened. No, I realized I have an ability that I could could have fucking dropped on her. Anyways, if I pass this, shit's about to get real. Yes. Um, 16. (laughs) Oh, that's exactly what you needed. Oh, nice. You resist his magical hold on you. And... That means it's your turn next, Hugo. Mm, all right, bitch. Just <laughs> <laughs> waiting for that. <laughs> this is a an ability I have never used before. Mm-hmm. Channel divinity, arcane abjuration. I present my holy symbol and one celestial elemental fae or fiend of your choice that is within 30 feet of you must make a wisdom saving throw. Uh, if the creature fails, it is turned for one minute. A turn creature must spend its turn trying to move as far away from you as it can, and it can't willingly end its move in a space within 30 feet of you. It also can't take reactions. For its action, it can only use dash or try to escape um, from an effect that prevents it from moving. Well, Dang. she rolled an 11. Ooh, she's turned. Okay. Get turned. got turned. Get turned! <laughs> so Thorn and Bony. She just fucking runs in terror. Well, she looks terrorized. It hasn't run yet. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, so she looks scared. And she's still wounded. And she's wounded. I'm just going to try stabbing her again before she runs. Yeah. Now, she's with Snur Evan, who's succumb to her charm so you're not the only one in combat and you don't have a friend for flanking so just a standard attack what <laughs> well unless if you're if you're going in first then that's the situation you got this alright yeah so I was there I did not roll high enough okay there's only a 9 so All right. Boney, Boney's gonna have to Okay. He gets up on her business. He did pretty well last time. Uh, 15. Uh, that hits. What's the damage? 1d8 plus 4. 7. It's not super effective, even though you saw it hit. Okay. Next up. Oh, we're going back to the top. Cass. Alright. I'm going to cast Flame Blade. And then I'm gonna run up and try and stab her with my flame blade. 
that is a 20 to hit. That hits. So that does uh, 13 fire damage. Yeah, that's a magical attack too, right? Sure is. Okay. She is absolutely devastated, but still just like clutching to life. So it's her turn. Um, Tim, do I get a chance to roll against this effect? No, your turn for one minute. Oh, Joe, joy. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 joy. Oh, hang on. You, oh, no. If the creature fails the same throw. It is turned for one minute or until it takes damage. So oh. she took damage, so oh. she's no longer turned. Okay. Well, that would be good to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The well, last... With the last vestiges of her life, she leans forward and kisses Snurebin deeply. No. Snurebin's got to make a constitution saving throw. I rolled a two. I rolled a two. No. Snurebin. Oh, man. Snurebin is going to take 5d10 plus 5 psychic damage. Oh my god. You know what? I'm just gonna take the average, if that's fair to you guys, because that's a lot of... No, we're gonna roll. We gotta roll the dice. <laughs> this is what we do. I gotta do math. That's fine. That's a 9. We're starting off strong. Oh Oof. Uh, a 0, which means it's a 10, so 19. She wants that vitamin D. God. 2, so 21. Uh, 26. That's gonna be 39 damage. Oh no, Snurevan. Snurevan takes 39 damage. Uh, which is absolutely brutal. And almost kills him. Yeah, so Snurevan's hit point maximum is reduced by an amount equal to the damage taken, and it's going to last until he finishes a long rest. (laughs) If it had been reduced to zero, the target would outright die. Wow. But next up... He must be pretty strong, because that would have killed me. (laughs) Next up is Evan, and he's still charmed. Even after all that?! Even after all, he's still alive. He still took. Whoa. He doesn't even have a beard, Snevin. Yeah, it was. Oh, consensual. if it suffers any harm, you can try the saving throw again. Remember, Evan, you were her third choice. First, it was me. Then it was Thorn. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she would have gone for Bony if he had a face. Sir Snur Evan is going to run forward into the group of you guys. Actually, no, because you're like engaged in combat. He will cast Shocking Grasp on Thorn. Lightning springs from his hand, and he attempts to grab you. The melee attack. And are you wearing armor made of metal? Light armor. Is it leather armor? I don't know. It says light armor. (laughs) It's gotta say something else. It doesn't say what kind. Is it in, like, the inventory? That's your proficiencies. It's Wait, right there. Leather. Leather. Okay, so he doesn't get advantage. Yeah, so that's a melee attack. 19 to hit. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. 
you're going to take 1d8 lightning damage. So three lightning damage, and you can't take reactions. So not too bad. And next up is Hugo. I'm I, I feel silly for not properly articulating the full effects of the channel divinity, so. Oh, why? Uh, that was That was my what mistake. Else happens? Well, no, no because I should have told them we, we I should have told them not to attack her. Yeah, cuz we could have made her run, but instead she we attacked her and so she stayed and kissed and <laughs> almost killed. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, as an extra descriptive, after she kiffs Ner Evan, she's so wounded like he's covered in blood. Oh. <laughs> her Gross. blood. Gross. Just stab her again. Firebolt. Just doing a classic firebolt. Yes. Firebolt, firebolt, firebolt. Uh, 19 <laughs> to hit. Yes. That hits. Eight points of fire damage. So, like, these turns happen so fast, right? She gets attacked by Thorn and Bony. She leans out of combat to absolutely wreck Evan. Evan attempts to fight for her, and then a bolt of flame leaps out. And you, a brief moment before it hits her, you see her wicked smile kind of fade from her face. And as it lands, it just it spreads as if her blood was uh, flammable. Oof. And she bursts into flames. You can hear her screams, her still eerily beautiful voice as she burns into ash and charred flesh on the ground. Damn. You just killed a succubus. Fuck you, bitch. Succubus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing like a montage of this whole encounter of how it went down over the course of, what, a minute? <laughs> just attack after attack, and then as soon as she kisses Snorevan, it just goes into like slow motion. <laughs> she leans in for the kiss. So yeah, you guys are just into the hallway. The danger has ended. So Um, far. Yeah, for now. So you're at ease. You're out of combat. Um, And Evan comes too. He goes, oh, great Christ. That beardless freak Christ me. I don't feel so well. Did you say Christ me? <laughs> Kiss me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love the talking so much. That me. Beardless fiend kissed me. Um, do you want to maybe go back to the study and set up camp? Not a bad idea if you want to go check it out where, where the succubus was living. Mm-hmm. Have a little, little bit of a breather. Mm-hmm. I'm just more so thinking because mm-hmm. uh, Snarevan. Yeah. Yeah, but we we rest. don't we don't know that though. I mean, we don't know that that's what's going to happen. True. Yeah. No, but he's like exhausted and and shook, and uh, yeah, he's like that was quite unexpected. But were it not, we could we could rest before traveling further. I I believe just down the hallway here is likely the the way down. This may be our last chance, and I will admit, for a heavily degraded area, this room looks well kept. It even has cushioned furniture. And books. And books. So I'll just say, peeking back into the room, it really is like a well-lived-in room, uh, you know, adorned with, with with some ample luxuries. 
Um, and I did mention there was a couple doors from this room and checking them out. It's pretty easy to tell that uh, like this is a nice bedroom suite. So there's the main room that's like the study. It's on the main bed. Yeah, with piles of books and books on shelves and a nice desk. Books about shelves. And then, yep, books about shelves, books on how to build (laughs) shelves, how to maintain shelves. The English uh, language. The history of shelves. There's also a, so one of the rooms is a bed chamber. Bed chamber. <laughs> a bed chamber. So this, what kind of kinky stuff is she into? It's a BDSM room. <laughs> the the adjoining room was the sleeping quarters, and it's a little moldy and stuffy. Everyone can make a perception check. Eighteen. Fourteen. Fifteen. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty solid, especially because you have time to like explore. So anyone who looks at the biz, the the bed chamber realizes, yeah, it's a little moldy and a little stuffy, but still like livable. And Were you about to call it the business chamber because <laughs> yeah, the business <laughs> chamber. <laughs> there is a bit of a concealed compartment in one of the walls, um, and so going through this, the the th- the items in this room, including that uh, little concealed chamber, you're able to find. Um, and from some of the notes that you scan over, you realize this was uh, a dwarf scholar. This was his chambers. Maybe even possibly that dwarf who was uh, unfortunately changed into a ghost to haunt oh, these rooms. Does he have a journal somewhere? Quite possibly. So, um, get ready for your treasure. What you're able to find is... 110 gold coins. Who's in the room? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Who's who's writing down the loot? I called the main bedchamber before we even knew there was loot in it. I just want to throw that out there. Then fine. I think you would actually find it first. Though it's enough stuff, you know, it would take you time to collect this, so it's somewhat noticeable. But do it do with that as you will. Okay. But at least you're writing it down. So 110 gold. Uh, a cat's eye gem worth 70 gold. So that was the treasure in his secret compartment. Now in the library, um, in addition to the extensive collection of dwarven lore, uh, you can find four spell scrolls. Hugo. Okay, what Hugo, up? you want to write down these scrolls? Oh, fuck yeah, dog. Since you're a man of study. So, uh, the scrolls are one of Alarm, there's one of Disguise Self, there's a scroll of Enlarge Reduce, and a scroll of Shield. Neato. And yeah, there's, while a lot of the tomes are in Dwarvish and it's a little hard to interpret, if you spend any time, like, reading through them, there, you can, like, acquire little bits of information there's definitely some hints about, uh, so it, you finally find a name. It's the name's Arundil. He was the um, Durgadin's trusted advisor and mage who, in his grief, was turned into a ghost and driven insane. But you know that they live there, that the succubus moved in and has been using the ploy of this area's like riches and history and lore to 
feed on people who are lured in for for the you know the the goal of treasure and so she's taken this as a home and fed on the occasional adventure that comes through uh you say no sign whatsoever of the so-called wizard jake simcoe <laughs> you believe that's a crock of shit <sighs> um but still all the other signs show that yes durganen was a smith here um the foundry area that you're in was his quarters where he forged his most prized materials. And by all means, a dragon has been living down below the chasm. 